1: prayed continually to God for a son and lived a faith-filled life while she waited on God to answer her prayer for a son. While she waited, she was ostracized for her perceived inability to bear a child. The Bible tells us that there is nothing new under the sun. Therefore, she faced the same atrocities we face today. Yet she remained unrelentingly faithful to God no matter what she was confronted with. Like Hannah, we must not turn away from God during hard times. No matter the situation, nothing is too hard for our sovereign Savior. Listen closely.
2: Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. And we thank you, Father, for a message that uh, needs to be preached in times, in the times in which we live. We pray that you would anoint me now. And I pray, Father, that the people would say in their hearts, speak your servant, needs a word from you. And Father, there are so many things that can distract us outside entities, technology, thoughts in our minds, wandering minds, and even sleep. And sometimes Satan causes people to just sleep the message away. We pray, Father, that people, the people would ready themselves to document, to write because there is a word from you. In Jesus' name. And all God's children say it. Uh, you could turn to 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2. Uh, we're not trying to read those chapters because they are too lengthy. But you can read it in your quiet time. 1 Samuel chapter 1 and 2. But the title of this message for this special day being Mother's Day is Hannah. A woman who prayed her way to motherhood Hannah a woman who prayed her way to motherhood to you mothers even though being a mother is a blessing from the Lord you know that there is nothing easy about motherhood from a time a baby is conceived in your womb carried for nine long months Not to mention the adjustments such as changes and discomfort in your own body during pregnancy, fluctuating emotions, labor pains, and finally the birth of a precious baby. But it doesn't stop there. This is just the beginning. The baby's days and nights are mixed up. There are nighttime feedings and diaper changes as well as sickness and many more transitions as they go through their developmental stages of growth. It is not easy, but I'm sure you could say as a mother, it is really worth it. You have a beautiful gift from the Lord in your arm after the labor pains. As you hold the babe in your arms There are many women who have been trying unsuccessfully to get pregnant for many years. And such is the case of Hannah in this particular passage. The name Hannah means graciousness or favor. Graciousness or favor. She was the favorite wife of Elkanah, a Levite of Ramathaim Zophim. Even though Elkanah was a godly man, he followed the common custom of polygamy in those days of having two wives. Their names were Peninnah and Hannah. Elkanah, having two wives, greatly complicated his home. And having two wives does not mean that God approved of this. And neither does he today. I know there are a lot of people. uh, Want more than one wife. But you're doing well if you can. Serve the one. (laughs) God here. Is not sanctioning. Or approving two wives. In a home. God here. Is giving us the historical facts. Of the people. In this particular narrative. One man. And one woman, united in holy matrimony, was always God's original design from the very beginning of creation. In Genesis chapter two, verse 24, it says, "Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, not wives, not sideline cuckabines, not mistresses, not mistresses, not, not significant others, his wife." and they shall be one flesh. It was the desire of Hebrew parents to have a son so the family's name might be perpetuated. In Old Testament times, a childless and barren woman was a social embarrassment for her husband. However, Hannah's barrenness did not diminish Elkanah's love for her. As a matter of fact, he gave her twice as much as what he gave Peninnah, his second wife. Having children was a sign of God's blessings. Children also provided labor for the family in that agrarian society where they had farms and, and chickens and crops and cows and goats and all of these things. They had lots of children to help work the fields and also take care of parents in their old age. Peninnah bore Elkanah several children, which also grieved Hannah, who was barren and had no children at all, not to mention being ridiculed by Peninnah, the other wife. Now what made Hannah an exemplary woman of God? What made Hannah an exemplary woman of God. You really need to write these principles down because they will carry you from time to eternity. You say, well, I'm not a mother. The principles will bless your life even if you're not a mother. What made Hannah an exemplary woman of God? Number one, Hannah had a relationship with her God with whom she continually prayed and communed. Hannah had a relationship with her God, with whom she continually prayed and communed. We are spiritually negligent when we fail to give priority to prayer in a world that is filled with sin. How can we not pray with all the wickedness, corruption, murder, hate, violence, seen and unseen dangers whirling all around us? My brothers and sisters, we can ill afford not to pray. Hannah lived holy in a very unholy and decadent society. There's nothing like a mother's prayer. And many of us are here today and doing as well as we are today because mama prayed for us. Do I have a witness out there? Mama prayed. Hannah was a praying woman. Let me just show you in the scripture. If you can hang with me uh, you, you can look them up in your quiet time, let me just show you in the in, chap, in the chapters here how she was a praying woman. First Samuel chapter 1 verses 10, it says, "And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish." First Samuel chapter 1 verses 12 through 13 a says, And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord. There it is again, prayer, that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. In other words, some people think God can hear you better if you pray louder and louder and louder. And some people are praying louder, but they're just making a lot of noise. It is not the loudness, it is... It is the attitude of heart. It's the communion of God. She was, her lips was moving, but nothing was being heard. As a matter of fact, the priest thought she was drunk, but she was praying. First Samuel chapter one, 26 and 27, it says, and she said, oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying. There it is again to the Lord for this child I am. Prayed, And the Lord granted me my petition, which I ask of him in first Samuel chapter two, verse one, eight. It says, I love these, these, uh, three words and Hannah prayed. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you could put your name there and Shirley prayed and Rander prayed and John prayed and on and on it goes to you. Mother's grandmother's. And all of you present today, the greatest prayer you can pray is a prayer to receive Christ as your personal Savior. That's the greatest prayer you can pray, is a prayer to receive Christ as your personal Savior. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one bleeds unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Mom, grandmothers, dads, grandfathers, all of you here today, the greatest prayer is to pray, Lord Have mercy on me, a sinner. Father, I've made a sinful mess of my life. Father, I need you now, and without you, I can do nothing. In the name of Jesus, come into my heart. Save me, Lord. Wash me with your blood. I believe in your death, your burial, and your resurrection. I believe that you're coming back again. Oh, God, clean up my sinful life. I cast myself at your mercy now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you pray that with your heart, mind, and soul, listen, God will save you. Regardless of your race, your socioeconomic status, no matter how much mess you've made in your life, you can't make a mess so big that God can't clean it up with his shed blood. The blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to clean up your mess and then God forgets it as if you've never committed it. Why don't you say Amen. Once you have a personal relationship with Jesus, then it should be your heart's desire to see your children and grandchildren saved as well. If your children are not saved, never stop praying for their salvation. Never stop praying for your children's salvation because when you do, you are saying they are too hard for God when the reality is nothing is too hard for God. The Lord is not on your time schedule. Even when your children are saved and have left the home as adults, you had better pray for them even more. Some people say, Whew, I'm glad they're, glad they're out the house. You prayed them out the house. Okay, they're out the house, but you can't stop praying. You better really be praying then. You don't know where they are. You don't know what they're doing. You don't know what they're into. You don't know what kind of decisions they, they're making. You don't know what's going on in their hearts and their lives. Listen, you, had, you better pray even more because you don't know. Secondly, uh, not only did she have a relationship with her God, Secondly, Hannah was an exemplary woman of God in that she lived godly when society was corrupt, depraved, and had become a cesspool for violence, lawlessness. She lived godly when society around her was filled with with moral decay, widespread polygamy. Society was filled with greed, Sounds like America today. Society was filled with injustice, but she lived holy. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 13 says For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously. There's nothing like a righteous mother, a righteous father. Uh, and godly in this present age looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ she lived godly in an ungodly society she kept her virtue she kept her holiness and she kept her eyes on the Lord thirdly Uh, Hannah was exemplary in that she modeled what it means to have self-control. She modeled what it meant to have Uh, self-control. She lived in a house with a very difficult second wife. I imagine that did make things difficult. Too many wives in the house. She lived in a house with a very difficult second wife who made life absolutely miserable for her. As the years went by, Hannah's agony became more intense and her barrenness was, greater, was a greater burden because of the harassment and heartlessness of her rival Peninnah, who frequently tormented Hannah with cruel, insulting, and abusive words for being childish. She scorned her. Look at my children. You don't have nothing. She just downed her. She made her life absolutely miserable. There's some husbands that do that to their wives. There's some wives that do it to the husband. There's some children that do it to parents. All the difficult people are not gone. First Samuel chapter one, verse six says, and her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. Even though Hannah was ridiculed, it was prayer that empowered and enabled her to withstand difficult circumstances and remain calm through adversities. Get that now. Even though Hannah was ridiculed, it was prayer that empowered and enabled her to withstand difficult circumstances and remain calm through adversities. When dealing with a difficult spouse, many people in this city and nation state have them difficult relatives and in-laws. And difficult people in your life, you say, I would live life better. uh, I'd be happier if it weren't difficult people. Well, you'll never be happy because there will always be difficult people around you. If they were all dismissed, you wouldn't have a need to pray. But when dealing with difficult spouses, relatives, and people in your life, do you trust God and take the high road? And maintain your self-control without losing it and cussing and kicking and screaming and howling and acting a fool because you tired of these folk that's getting on your last nerve? What we need today are more mothers who are like Hannah who can maintain godly posture and not lose control of themselves when provoked by family members who disrespect them. So many mothers are being disrespected. So many grandmothers are being disrespected. So many mothers are being hurt with hurtful words. And so many mothers are being unappreciated. I'm so glad you came to the Lord's house today. The Lord loves you. The Lord is there. God will see you through. Even when you're disrespected. Even when your children smart off at the mouth. But not only do they smart off at the mouth sometimes, but you go to work and then they're scheming coworkers. Entitled customers. Mean patients in the hospital obnoxious students in the classroom and difficult church members. In fact, today's culture promotes disrespectfulness and disrespectful behavior from our children. For example, the California State Senate just approved a bill to prohibit schools from suspending students who engage in willful defiance of teachers. Other school authorities and staff to include the disruption of school activities. Hannah was not disruptive in a hostile environment. When you're in a hostile environment. When you're being treated miserably. When you're being hurt. And when you are exasperated. Will you, like Hannah, maintain your poise your dignity, your composure, and your self-respect. Anybody can do pretty good when things are going well, but can you show the love of Jesus when all hell is breaking loose around you? Number four, Hannah remained patient in prayer. That's what made her an exemplary woman of God. She remained patient in prayer. Even though barren, she was not prayerless. Sometimes when things don't go well, people stop praying. Even though she was barren, she did not stop praying. Well, I may may as well stop praying because I've just come to the conclusion, I'm not going to get pregnant, so I'm going to stop praying. She kept on praying until God blessed her with her firstborn child. Let me tell you something today, mothers, prayer works. Anybody prayed and prayed and prayed, and, but he didn't come, he didn't answer when you wanted, wanted him to, but, but right when you least expected, it, you looked around and there's the answer prayer. There's the answer prayer. First Samuel chapter one, verses 19 and 20 says the entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with uh, Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. Verse 20. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel. For she said, I ask the Lord for him. Look at that. I ask the Lord for him. Some of you don't get prayers answered because you don't ask the Lord for nothing. If you don't expect nothing, you won't get nothing. She said, I ask the Lord for him. Listen, God is still answering prayer. The name Samuel means God has heard. It means God has heard. He heard Hannah's prayer. Even though Hannah was barren for many years, the Lord remembered and answered her prayers. Waiting on God can be one of the most difficult things to do, especially when you're not seeing the results you're expecting to see. Therefore, remain patient in prayer and trust the Lord. He will answer your prayers in due time. Hannah prayed her way to motherhood. She kept on praying day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. She prayed and she prayed and she prayed. And then finally, God answered prayer in the fullness of time. Don't you stop praying. Number five, Hannah frequented the house of God. And did not allow unanswered prayer and difficult problems at home to keep her away from the Lord's house, unlike many today. Let me reiterate that. Hannah frequented the house of God and did not allow unanswered prayer and difficult problems at the home. To keep her away from the Lord's house, unlike many today. You know, some people, when they have hard times and they have diseases come upon them, uh, they lose a job, uh, they're struggling with financially or whatever, they just say, well, I'm staying home. Satan says, good, stay right there. Don't go to church. Just wait till Christmas. Wait till Mother's Day. Just wait till Easter. Just stay. He'll tell you. He'll, I'm going to tell you something. When you want to stay home, Satan knows how to help you stay home. He does not want you to come to the house of God hearing a message like this Satan is intimidated. Satan don't want you hearing the truth. Satan does not does not want you encouraged. Satan does not want you healed. Satan does not want your depression lifted. Satan wants you suicidal. he wants to wipe you out and one of the one of the realities of, of wiping you out is that If he can get you to just stay home, then half that battle has been won. She kept coming to the house of God even when she didn't have that baby.
1: The word of God admonishes us to wait patiently on him and he will give us the desires of our hearts. We must pray, meditate, commune, and wait on God. We must fight against the I, me, and my right now syndrome That perpetuates today's society. God and God alone is the answer to everything. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at maranatha.sa.org, where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and so much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Throughout the Bible, we are reminded of the immeasurable gifts God has given us. One of those gifts is the miraculous gift of motherhood. The Maranatha Bible Church family invites you to join us on Mother's Day, Sunday, May 14th at 10 a.m. as we thank God and honor all mothers during our Mother's Day worship celebration. Come and be blessed as we praise God together on this special day. The Maranatha Bible Church family will celebrate its 35th church anniversary on Sunday, May 21st at 10 a.m. We invite you to rejoice with us as we praise God for all he has done through the faithfulness and leadership of Pastor Rander Draper Sr. and Sister Darlene Draper. Come and celebrate the goodness of God through the unwavering obedience and faithfulness to our Lord and Savior. You will be blessed.